Let's listen for this word of the Lord. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. Such great crowds gathered around Jesus that he got into a boat and sat there while the whole crowd stood by the beach. Jesus told them many things in parables, saying, Listen, a sower, a planter, went out to sow. And what he sowed, as he sowed, some seed fell on the path. And the birds came, ate up the seed. Other seed fell on rocky soil where they did not have much soil. They sprang up quickly since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. Other seed fell among thorns. The thorns grew up and choked them. Other seed fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let anyone with ears listen. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Be seated, please. Let's pray together. God, we pray that as we settle into pews, that we would open our hearts to hear a word beyond the word of a preacher, even the word beyond the words of scripture or song. The word that comes in the silence, that comes in those sacred moments in every human heart where you are always inviting us, always inviting us to be the bearers of your love in a world that so awaits your love. Thank you for this gathering this morning. Thank you for people who have open their hearts up at least enough to make it to this place and to churches up and down the street and all around the world. May the word be preached in all different contexts, in different styles, with different theologies, in everything that makes the church so diverse. May we be united in preaching the good and loving, hopeful, harmonizing word of the gospel. May we be one with you even as we remember Jesus long ago teaching us to pray to you and using this image of parent as together we pray to you, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. This is a story about a seed in search of soil in search of a home in which to flourish. 
In some ways, you could read this parable of Jesus and begin to think of it sort of like a magic seed, like Jack and the Beanstalk that, uh, when planted, suddenly grows beyond the one's wildest imagination. But we're told later in Matthew 6, 13 that the seed is actually the Word of God. The seed is God's Word, God's energy, God's life, God's very purpose to harmonize and unite and make available to all of creation all that God wants. That's what the seed is. And this planter, this divine planter, is not a miserly planter, a seed here, a seed there, as if only certain elect people are worthy of the seed. No. This planter plants really kind of recklessly, Almost wastefully, you would think. Extravagantly. It just goes all over the place. There are no exceptions. Which is to say the essence of God seeks to be implanted in every single person. Every one of you here today. No matter who you are. No matter what you've done. No matter where you've been. No matter what you know or don't know. The seed of God waits to be planted in your life. Goodness. Love, abundance, the ability to join with the seed and produce something that feeds the world, that that nourishes the world. And not only that, we're told that this word that can be implanted in us is something we can trust, we can entrust our lives to, we can find as a, a source when we're confused, when we're anxious, when we're lost, when, we're, when we're, we're, we're confounded by life. We're told it can be a lamp for our feet. In other words, we can find out where we are, where we stand. It can be a light for our feet and a lamp for our path. In other words, we can know the direction that God is leading us into. And not only this, but it has this multiplying effect. It grows so that there's more life and more love. It's like a self-generating machine. The seed creates and creates, and it goes on and on. So the issue is not the question of the seed. The seed's fine. The seed is the Word of God. The question this morning is, What's the condition of the soil? Is it rocky? Is it hardened? Is it full of weeds? Or is it good soil? You see, we're the soil. You get that, right? We're the soil. We were created for this job. Genesis chapter 2 tells the tale of how uh, God reaches down into the humus, the earth, the soil, and crafts from it human, humanity, made from the soil. We are the soil. We're made up of all the things that have come before us, even the stars, we're told, the dust from the stars is part of what makes us who we are And that's a good thing. Because the way the world works is this. The seed of God requires soil. 
The seed of God requires soil in which to live and work and grow and thrive and take root and to co-create what God wants done in the world. So in a way, we get to be like Mary, the mother of Jesus. We get to be one of the ways that the word of God either does or doesn't become flesh in the world today. Now, if you're not paying attention, that's no big deal. And I understand sometimes you don't pay attention when the minister talks. But if you're listening, what I just said about us being like Mary... One of the ways that holiness comes into the world, I hope it puts a little chill down your back. And I hope it makes you understand why Jesus was so adamant, why he began this parable by saying, listen. And he ends it by saying, let anyone with ears listen. Listen. This is important stuff. Jesus wants us to consider how are the soil conditions of our lives Now, it's tempting, and I've probably done it many times over my years of preaching, to group people by soil conditions, assuming that people are either hardened soil, rocky soil, uh, weedy soil, good soil. So all the rocky people come over to my right, all the weedy people to my left. You hardened people, well, you'll be underneath my feet because we're walking on you, and we'll all have categories. But every person I know including your pastor, is a combination of all of these soils. And frankly, we're a combination of all these soils at the very same time. There are times in our lives, and there are places in all of our lives, where our lives are like the hardened path. We've been walked on. We've been beaten down. We've been... uh, We've been pressed upon in such a way that we're closed off to anything new breaking in. We're so pressed down, we're so impenetrable that nothing really can get in. For some of you, it is things from your past. Old messages that seem to pop up, maybe even in church. You come to church hoping for some relief and a a hymn is played and all of a sudden there's that old message that says, you're not good enough. You're not doing life right. You need to be ashamed. Those old messages are debilitating. And they lead us into a place of hardness and, and uh, fear. We, we build walls around ourselves, a shell around ourselves. Others of you have experienced violence or abuse. And you, understandably, have built kind of a wall around yourself. You've walled yourself off from other people and other emotions. Still a great number of us in this room frankly, have been overexposed to all the pain of the world. We watch a little too much news. We're a little too aware of the issues. We are aware of broken people and broken places, and we don't know what to do about it. I had someone this week say to me, I feel like my life is like a computer with too many windows open, too many applications open, and everything is confused, and I just need to close some of the windows of my life so that I could find some space, some space. I get it. I simply remind us that the same crust that insulates us from other people and in many ways is a protection from other people 
also, unfortunately, is a crust that can keep God out as well. If you insulate yourself from the love of other people, you might also be inadvertently insulating yourself from the love of God. And if voices are playing in your head, all these old tapes are coming up again and again, where is there space for the still and small voice to break in and give you the peace and the purpose and and the power that you really want in your life? This is hard and important work that we do as a church to identify, to assist, to try to help each other loosen up those crusty parts of our life so that God's living water can soak down into who we are, so that heavenly sunlight can begin to form in us those things that will be useful for the seed to grow. Isn't that what we all want? There are places in all of our lives that have that crust, that shell, that hardened path kind of soil. There are also places in our lives where it seems the seeds start strong, but too much of our life is taken up by what we might call the rocks. Now, rocks, I suppose, have their place. But in soil, rocks take up space, and yet they don't really contribute anything, do they? They just take up space. They don't add nurture. They don't aid. They're takers. They're not givers. And the reality is that many of our lives are filled with rocks, superficial things that don't feed our souls, things that take up space but don't allow seeds to really find root in our lives. And it takes time, and it takes patience, and it takes honesty and vulnerability to come to a community and say, help me, help me extract some of these rocks from my life. Help me be wiser about how I use my time and my resources and my emotional energy so that I'll have space for seed to grow and bless. Some of us have big parts of our lives that are filled with rocks. Then there are those of us who have spaces of our soil that are filled with weeds. We don't know how they got there, but there they are, vying for moisture, nutrients, space, and light. These weeds of greed or hatred or fear, suspicion, negativity, they just come into our lives and begin to choke out that which is sacred and good and true. It seems to me that at our best, church ought to be a place where we can name our weeds and ask the community to help us find that grace to get them out so that we can be all that we are called to be. For what a sad, sad fate for the seed of God to either be eaten by birds basically dehydrated and withering away, or to just be choked out by other weeds. Fortunately, thanks to God, there is a space in every one of your lives that bears the good soil of God, a place that today is ready to receive 
that seed of God in your own life and to let it do what it is called to do in your life where the seed and the soil become one and something happens, something bigger than you, something beyond your control, it begins to grow and it begins to bear fruit and it begins to nourish and it begins to heal and bless and things are changed and you may not even be aware of it. You may not even be aware of it. You remember the story from Matthew 25, Jesus tells, where uh, he says the, the kingdom will be separated like the sheep from the goat. He'll say to the sheep, come into heaven for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. Thirsty, you gave me something to drink. And they'll say, when? We don't remember doing that. And he'll say, when you did it to one of the least, you did it to me. You may not even be aware of it. But God, the seed of love, is at work in your life, and it's changing you, and it's changing people. And here's the coolest part. It multiplies. It multiplies. It grows. It fans out. And you realize that this is what God always intended. This is what God always intended was that love would come into a person's life and just multiply a hundredfold, sixtyfold, thirtyfold. I thought this week of Doug Alexander, I haven't thought of Doug for years and years. Doug was the person uh, at, First ba- at Far Hills Baptist Church in Dayton, Ohio, who was the youth minister the summer of when I was 16 years old. He, wa- he did in the parlance of our, t- of our uh, day back then, he was the one who led me to Christ. That is, help me find that place in me where the seed of God could take root. Doug died while I was in seminary. He died quite young. So he didn't see the fact that I later became a youth minister just as he had been and spent six years in youth ministry and he didn't get to see the seeds that were planted through those years. And he doesn't know about the young women and men who became ministers from that youth group. He didn't know that I was able to be the founding pastor of a church in Texas that's still going on. I was there for 12 years. He didn't know about me coming to Highland. He didn't know about all the things we've done together. And he didn't know about our youth this week in Miami. Kids from this church who'd had the seed of God planted in them by you, the people of God here. And how it's multiplied and how those kids went to Miami and did things that only they could do. They were there at the right moment, at the right time, and planted seeds that would have never been planted had they not been there. And now I wonder, what young woman, what young man remains in Miami but now with a little seed of God that might grow a hundred, sixty Thirty-fold? Listen, every life, every life has a space within it where God wants to plant a seed. You may think to yourself, there's, there's nothing in me that God could, could use, but I'm telling you that's not true. 
There's a little corner uh, just a few blocks from here, the corner of Bardstown and Highland Avenue. Can you picture it? Just a block away from here. There's a Wicks Pizza on one corner, Starbucks, uh, a bank on the corner. Just north a little bit is O'Shea's Pub. And in between the hot diggity dog hot dog stand and O'Shea's, there's this little piece of land not as big as this pulpit. And some years ago, I'm guessing that a bird rather unceremoniously planted a seed right there in that little spit of land. And if you go by there today, you'll see a tree that's about 40 feet tall. It just barely makes it between these two buildings. There's not enough room for this tree, but there it is. It towers over these buildings. It towers all of, over all of the decorative trees that they planted up and down the street. Listen. If a bird can plant that seed in that little spot, then the God of the universe can find that good soil in your heart and plant the sacred seed in such a way that something in you comes alive and it blesses the world tenfold, a hundredfold, sixtyfold, thirtyfold. Let those with ears listen. Let's pray together. Find that spot in us, O oh God. That spot that is ready to receive your sacred seed. May we nurture it. May we grow it. May we cultivate more and more of who we are, getting rid of the weeds and the rocks and the hard places that we might more fully give ourselves day by day, week by week, month by month, as individuals, as this church, as your people, in the name of the Word made flesh, Jesus Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen.